0: lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 139 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And today we're talking about releasing the shoulds and how does that relate to confidence? You know, by the time of this recording, our podcast, Confidence From Within, is over two and a half years old. So for the last two and a half years, I've been asking every single one of our guests, what does confidence mean to them? So this is a topic that I've contemplated deeply for quite some time. And I've learned to expand my horizons on looking at confidence from all the beautiful insights that we received together on this show. And One aspect of it that I wanted to cover today that it has kind of come more and more to clarity uh, in my mind, so I'm here sharing with you, is how does confidence relate to how we prioritize our lives? And I myself look at confidence as the state in which we are the most authentic version of ourselves, meaning when we're clear about who you are, and you do that on purpose, there's no way in my personal and professional opinion for you to lack confidence because you're just living the proven version of your inner blueprint. And we are most confident when we stay within our zone of genius or when we stay within our priorities because that is naturally what we are intrinsically designed to be, do, and have. The problem for women is when we look at confidence, we're usually looking forward in terms of um, how can I be more confident putting myself out in uncomfortable situations, or if you're doing public speaking, or you're going on a new date for a new relationship. So if we look at confidence forward into the unknown, into the future, yeah, it will probably feel a little scary. And a lot of women feel they lack it because you're looking in my opinion, the wrong way. I believe that true confidence is built on evidence of looking back at what has been because the evidence of what has been is way more aligned and attached to your unique blueprints, what I call priorities in my work. And the more you look back at the things you do, regardless of where you spend your time, energy, attention, intention, money, resources, you start to realize, oh, these are the things that I am in my most natural sense inclined to do. These are the things that brings the most joy, the most fulfillment. Therefore, if you start to build your life and your activities and even your goals around those things, confidence skyrockets. So for example, if you look back at my evidence (laughs) for the last 22 years, I have spent most, and I mean really the majority of my time, resources, energy, and intention and attention into learning and education and degrees and books and courses and trainings. And for me, the fulfillment comes from learning vast amounts of information and then almost translating them. That's a word that was given to me by um, a coach one time that I'm like a translator of this insane amount of information into something that's practical practical and actionable for my clients, but I'm also a curator in the sense that I take this information from all the valid sources, and then I discern what is true for the current beliefs that I have, for the science that's out there, and how does that practically translate into actionable things that my clients and my audience can do. So if you look at the evidence, that's where I've spent a lot of my time. So when it comes to learning and you know, taking new courses, new degrees, and knowing that I'm gonna have to really apply myself and use a lot of brain power, I am incredibly confident that I can do those things. And the next level for me is taking information and teaching. And as I do my learning, distilling, reorganizing, repackaging, and teaching information. I am very comfortable with that process as well because those things are incredibly within my zona genius, the things I love to do most. Now, if you put me on a different environment, so for example, you know, I have to walk into a large conference by myself and you tell me go network and go find more about people, I become incredibly shy and somehow not confident at all. At least if you were just to measure it from your very external, typical ways, because I'm so outside of my comfort zone. I am one teaches many <laughs> type of, you know, teacher and interactions for me are deeper, more personal, more one on one. I really struggle with just going into a sea of hundreds of people. And finding the right, the best people to connect with and so on. But if I'm approached, I can respond and react very positively. But I'm not your person that goes out and finds, if that makes sense, um, who to speak to and so on. And you would think if you only met me in that environment that I lack confidence. But if you look at me where I spend the majority of my life, you think I'm incredibly confident, Right. So I think those labels are a lot of times unhelpful, (laughs) number one, but I just wanted to give an example of that. So I really look at confidence backwards as evidence. And then the more of the same things you have evidence of doing and doing well that you repeat, you're going to feel you have a lot of confidence, but then anytime you go outside of those things and start projecting into the unknown, then you will feel, or you're doing things that are outside of the evidence of what you've proven time and time again that you are a master at you will likely lack confidence because all that is is self-feedback telling you you're acting outside of your inner priorities. Now, so hopefully this overview is helpful. Now, how does your shoulds play into a uh, take place? And should is probably one of the most, if I may, unhelpful wor- words in the English language. And the reason for it, not so much the word itself, but the context and the meaning. And the reason for it, is that anytime we say, oh, I should do this, I should do that, or even need to have to, but I'm just grouping shoulds as in like all of those duty words. Essentially, what this means is that you're giving yourself feedback that this is not something I want to do. This is not based on my evidence of my (laughs) inner blueprint, but I will do it anyways, because somebody else has an expectation on me that I do so. That somebody else told me that that's what must be done or so on. So it's basically living up somebody else's expectations, hopes and dreams and impose that on your life. And that is the bare truth. And expectations is probably one of the most detrimental <laughs> uh, things that we have because that is the number one way to be disappointed with reality and what is. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with setting goals and so on. But expectation is when we have a very det- predetermined um, set of rules of how life and reality must play by. And when it doesn't match, we feel disappointed, sad, angry, and all those things, right? So I feel that it is something that a lot of times is imposed on us women from a very young age. And then we just grew up with this duty to serve others, duty to comply, and duty to fulfill other people's inner priorities, being the good girl and somebody to follow rules and all those things. The problem becomes when somebody else's understanding of how we should live our lives becomes our own, when we blend the two and it's hard to discern. And if you look at my life, for example, and let's just say that you have, which I'm sure you do, a very different set of inner priorities than I do, the things that you value most and how you wanna spend your time on. If you look at my life and how I spend most of my days, you may think, wow. This is not a life I want to live. And I will say great because it shouldn't be, right? We all have our own set of rules, priorities, desires, and things we love. And the moment we try to fit somebody else's mode into ours, it will never fit right. So it is a great realization. But if you look at it, I have little to no hobbies, okay? Very little hobbies. And the hobbies that I have are very transient. I do them a little bit here and there. I spent most of my day and I mean 90% of my day plus learning or working. So I, I call working, learning and teaching. Okay. Every given day, I would say on average, I spend at least about two hours, some days much more, but two hours of learning something new. And usually that's in the form of ebooks or podcasts on 1.8 times speed um, because <laughs> I like fast and I like a lot of information. And that is just how I learn best. And the times that I'm not learning or teaching or working on my business, so let's just say working in the context of this representation, I, if I want to just relax my mind and just take it elsewhere, I love to binge watch Netflix show at 1.5 speed on my phone so I can actually do the accelerator speed. And I usually go for shows that have a big, strong human behavior angle so I can really observe people's minds, which is what fascinates me and what I love to observe, learn, and study and work with. And that is primarily it. My husband and I have an amazing, solid relationship, but we also have very specific and different goals in terms of how we want to spend our free time. So we do a lot of things together, but separately. And when we go out, for example, for, I don't know, like a nice walk, or we go, you know, to the library, we were huge library users and all the things we do together, we are really present with each other and we have a lot of fun. But he is an incredible supporter of my work and he's a big, under- he has a big understanding now of my inner priorities, his inner priorities. So we can have an awesome relationship, which we do over 17 years now together and still have very independent, even though we do a lot of things together, our lives. And I do spend a vast majority of my time in the activities that I mentioned before. So somebody else that is in a different phase in their lives or the values, you know, spending four hours with their families every night may and probably will look at my life and judge me for not having the right work-life balance or whatever the term is, which is completely untrue and relative because if I can spend my time doing the things I want, why would I force myself to spend time doing something that you want, (laughs) right? That doesn't make sense. But because we've been conditioned to believe that there is this magical, optimal balance in place and so on, anytime that we live our lives based on what we want, which I would say rarely if ever will match this magical standard that somebody created and everybody bought into you will always feel frustrated because you would never match, okay? Because we're so unique. It's like a fingerprint, this inner blueprint I'm talking about. And the more you own who you are and do what you actually want to do, your happiness coefficient increases, your wellness coefficient increases, your stress levels decreases, your energy is better. Why not, right? Like why wait and try to fit your desires and your priorities into a mode for someone else? Like, you know, it's, very tricky, but I also feel it's very simple at the same time. We can only feel confident and certain and enthusiastic in things that we actually want to do and value and believe in. And that authenticity for being you becomes possible when you actually start to remove those layers of shoulds and needs and have tos that been imposed on us women for so long, and even when you when you ask yourself, "Who am I?" I'm not talking about who are you from this persona that we've built because of maybe even survival, <laughs> you know, in in our society as you know, growing women. I'm not asking what you want that other people told you that you want. I wanna I want you to contemplate what do you actually want. What do you actually want to feel if nothing was wrong, nothing was impossible, nothing was too scary or too hard or too shallow? And I think that is a whole new set of questions, better questions that we women can start asking ourselves so that we can really start to drop this, almost like this, I don't know, like protective armor we built around ourselves and accept that some people will not be happy (laughs) as our more authentic nature comes out you know, because maybe friends, family, colleagues, because if they're used to you sacrificing who you are to do things for them, yeah, they're not going to be happy when they have to, you know, be accountable for their own needs and desires. And there's ways and transitions into doing that. But I think it's really important that if you are not content with your life right now, Or you're okay with your life, but you know there's so much potential inside of you that has not been actualized. And midlife is this time that you have so much wisdom, you've you know walked the path, you have so much experience, and you know that if you're you don't feel every cell in your being just happy and content and grateful that there is more for you, I really feel that this is the time. And if you layer that on top of what we talk about in weight release, which you also have this physical layer in your body that you look in the mirror and you're not loving it, that it's not at your optimal, that you know you want to release, but it's not just weight loss at any cost because you try that and that doesn't work, that you actually want to get into this release process that starts with your emotions and eventually your physical body and the scale will catch up. That is my invitation to you, that you are actually looking at yourself in the mirror and regardless of the number on the scale, regardless of the number of your genes, that you know as you wake up that you're living that day, one day at a time, to your highest potential because you're prioritizing life according to your inner values, your inner priorities, your authentic blueprint, and everything that needs to go, now you have a process to release. That is what I offer you. That's what I offer women. And if you're interested, I would love to chat with you so that I can share my details, see if you're a fit for the work that we do. And if so, I can help you create or craft your release map so you know exactly what steps to take to get there. So if that's of interest to you, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash call, apply for a call, probably with myself or my team, if I'm not available and I would love to talk to you, get to know you better and help you on this beautiful journey that it is wait release until next time. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back.